0: The best thing that ever happened to me thank god it wasn't live the the thanksgiving uh keep your distance the first year yeah i bombed good old-fashioned did you whoa whoa slow motion bomb i was catching people's eye contact and they both we both knew i was bombing they was just like i looked at Brittany. he was like i'm down here i can't help you man but it was like and then i, I went to like my closer from the last year's tour which was undefeated at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, Well, surely this will get over. Yeah, but you didn't have the energy to really Bruh, bring it. Up. Yeah, it took a long time to get there that's and that's they I was I like, nah, man.
1: It doesn't pay off and it's scary. It can yes. be scary and it can make you feel alone. It did. You know <laughs> so once saying? I it bombed it can make you the alone. worst thing had already happened. I was like, yeah. it was like you seen Ozark?
0: Yeah. So you remember when Jason Bateman's character when he got caught by the uh the cartel dude and he threw him in that pit? Which people, like, which because he always getting called. He came to his house the first time he ca- came to his house. He Duh. caught him. He threw that pee out of lights on and stuff. You and right right, 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 right he survived. Navarro 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 is a good friend of mine. Shout yeah. out to Felix. Anyway, go oh, ahead. Oh, the dude, for, the actor. Yes, the dude, who Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. after that, when he survived, he was like, "The worst happened. I'm not dead." Yeah. So the thing I was fearing wasn't even that bad. Right. And that's how it was for bombing. Like once I bombed him, you know, in front of my friends and family, I looked at Tony in the eyes and he was just like, "Hey man,
1: yeah. I can't help you." I don't know, man. People people be building me up so much to people that it'd be like, oh, God. Wait till you see this dude. I'm talking about, listen, he is knock your socks off. And I'd be like, I got a headache today.
0: <laughs> That's the other thing. I had a you know headache. I had got the
1: booster. I had a big-ass headache, too. Bro, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, bro, like, three, I four all, have... like, you got to put one right here, put one right here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it Tylenol tell you in you a nine millimeter. Never <laughs> yeah they Stay still. Stay <laughs> still.
0: Shoot the headache Shoot it here got a nine with an epipin. Okay, right? <laughs> that, that's li- I was literally like the oh, oh that's funny though. Yeah, no, put just a Tylenol but, in a nine millimeter
1: but, uh, I just made that up. But you could take that though. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, say that man had a headache so big. Melissa had to put a Tylenol <laughs> in a nine millimeter. She shot me in my sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Coming to the stage is a talent who brought his writing, jokes, and comedy from Detroit to Hollywood, from comedy stages to your television screens. He has already made his mark, and he's just getting started. Please help me welcome to the stage writer, comedian, actor, and one of the funniest roasters I I know. Yeah, Ladies I and you. gentlemen, Comedian CP. Clap it up for him. Hey, he is our friend. Welcome. Welcome to Kevin. I'm happy to CP. be here, man. How are I'm happy you, man? Be,
1: I'm amazing, man. I love the purple set. Thank you. It, this is This is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like... I just, I'm just happy, to be, happy I, to be here I brought
0: CP on here Because most of you guys know him And how funny he is But I don't think people know Enough about C, okay, about CP uh, Not only is he a funny comedian One of the world's best Top 5 And uh, most people's top 5 Top 10 in almost everybody else Especially in our class of comedians But he's also brilliant as like a smart man Computer engineering? Uh, no, digital media arts and technology you, did you start in engineering? I did start in engineering. Okay, did start engineering in yeah. Michigan State? Michigan State, Michigan right. State. And I, Marquita Bradley done Marquita Bradley. I was reading these questions. I said, what you talking, C.P.? <laughs> uh, this is going to be out of order just a little bit. I met C.P. way before he actually showed up on the All Def channel. I, I want to say 20... 13? 13, 13 or 14? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Thir- early, was, early. Yeah, if it was
1: early 14, it definitely was 13 for sure. But okay, so that like could have been early 14. And
0: I mean, you probably didn't come on the channel for another yeah, three, three or four years. Yeah, and this was yeah. TV pitch selling CP. Yep. And then you guys were introduced to comedian roaster CP. But we'll get to all that uh, before we finish. Let's go all the way back to Detroit. Okay, mm-hmm. what was it like growing up in Detroit specifically? Brightmore, Detroit, Michigan. And how is Brightmore different?
1: Brightmo to the world blow. First (laughs) of all, um you know what's crazy, man? Like uh Bright I mean, Brightmore was one of those areas that people were afraid of, but being in it, we all kind of were together and you know, everybody knew each other. My parents, well, my dad specifically lived in Brightmore since like 1972. They were like Mm -hmm. the second or third black family to even move into Brightmoor. Um so, you know, they, he always tell me stories like, man, we used to be beating up white boys and hitting them with slingshots. They be trying to shoot at us. All kind of stuff. You know, oh, wow. just it was, you know, it was weird. Like they were it was like a, a, a reverse gentrification how black people came into that neighborhood, oh. you know. But my dad and them, they were the first my dad had six brothers. And so, you know, it was seven of them running mm-hmm. around, you mm-hmm. know, you know, all kind of each one is all completely different, but, you know, their their reputation is crazy. And then um, you know, I'm my dad's first and only son, so you know, um, it was it was it was dope and I saw a lot. Um, you know, some things were scary, some things were fun, some things were um character building, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like um, you know, like uh it's not as scary as people think. I always want people to understand this. You know, when you see when when, you, when when you drive through the ghetto and you see them kids laughing and smiling, whatever they playing with the fire hydrant or, you know, whatever, those are just kids laughing and smiling. They don't even mm-hmm. understand what a bill is yet, what any kind of stress is yet, and the socioeconomic stress that's on that area is not on those kids. Yeah. So, us growing up in that area, we just was kids. So, we would go skating and, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, we was it was catching snakes and frogs and you know that was that was you know that was it was just growing up in brightmore was very fun i had some lifelong friends mm-hmm. that i still know some of them here some of them aren't um you know and um i don't know man i i just think that sometimes when i look over my life and the texture that i'm able to talk with and 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 the things that i've been able to live through that's there's a different kind of intelligence right there's this intelligence that the establishment told us is uh, based on a rubric of grades and you know uh, arithmetic and reading and all that, but then there's a survivor
0: mm-hmm. um intelligence that you know I'm happy that I was able to tap in with. So what were you like a- as a kid? I was introduced to you obviously as a mm-hmm. as an adult you know male selling TV shows. but what were you like? Were you shy? were you class clown like what was young? I turned Chris into like? the class
1: clown in third grade really third grade is where it early began. yeah, so like you know I was uh, up until then I was on scholarship at this very prestigious private school called Faith Christian Academy. Uh, Reverend uh, Keith Butler. Mm-hmm. It was he was the, the owner of the school, you know, and you know that was his school, and he he just had a very very um like the uh, curriculum was just crazy, like super college prep. I was reading at the eighth grade level in like first grade.
0: Oh um, my! What does that mean?
1: Well, it just means that uh, like the, my vocabulary and like the amount of words that I could get through in a certain time when they tested. This by the time I got to here, I was in the eighth grade shit, you know got what I'm saying? Got you it. know um so uh yeah, you know you know but when I got to third grade, um my friends uh, David and Jared, they uh you know, they're super smart dudes but you know like Kev, you're a smart dude, right? Mm-hmm. And I was give gifted and
0: talented program.
1: I can tell that
0: I got myself kicked out yeah, because well, I felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, ain't no black kids in here. Oh man, they had me playing the viola and stuff, yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, nah, this is dumb. Oh, me back, yeah. my friend. I played I play cello. It. But anyway, so
1: um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of your comedy comes from intelligence. It, it comes from your ability. You know, like for example, you can make a baby laugh because you can play with the language. Right, mm-hmm. you understand the language way more than the baby does, and you can understand that by going up and down an octave and making it silly. You're making that baby laugh. It's not that you on the baby's level. The baby is like, "Wow, this motherfucker said uh, arithmetic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Arithmetic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's 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 the fact that you understand the relationship and how to leverage yeah. um, the language, and that's 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 kind of what we do. Not that people are babies, but it's just that you know you have to be very smart to kind of break these concepts down and to make them funny you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so um you know i was super smart nerdy but in third grade i started cutting up and uh grades dropped being funny was the most important thing getting these laughs became addictive Mm -hmm. and then i remember my first joke in fourth grade i made the teacher laugh was um she was like you know does anybody know what beavers make that stops the water it helps their young they have it as a nest but also what we learned is that these things actually act as kinda of like continent barriers for water. You, know, you wanna stop water, you can build one of these and they you know, we have ones that make electricity. What are they called? And I was like, ooh, ooh She's like Chris Powell. I was like Damn! Uh, uh, <laughs> damn! Ah, that's a great. And I was fourth grade, and the teacher died, and I was that's like, very yeah. "Very clever." I was like, "Yeah," because that was my chance to curse,
0: yeah, out loud to an adult, and damn. she was like, "Wow, that's what they're called." She's like,
1: "Damn," you know. what she went like that, but she was like, she probably was in her head, but I'm sure she probably told her boyfriend, whoever she was fucking with at the time. Yeah, she got home. This little kid had a zinger <laughs> in class today, but um, you, you also know, went into the act out.
0: That's the yeah, next yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You At know that what I'm saying?
1: But see, I got comedy parents. Like, my yeah. mom and dad, my dad loves Eddie Murphy. My dad used to wear leather fits. Oh, wow. You know wow. what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, like, you know, and so um, Eddie Murphy gave, like, gangsters a chance to like comedy. Yeah. He was, like, he was cool. He was, you know what I'm saying? Like, he had all the women. He had cars and stuff. It was, you know, dudes who was cool was kind of liking yeah. comedy. And so, uh, and then my mom just... Richard Pryor, they, was, they used to like sneak and listen to the albums when they was kids. So mm-hmm. when I got older, she almost couldn't wait to let me hear the albums. And I just used to go to school telling their jokes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People didn't know because they couldn't They weren't allowed to watch them. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, Gooney Goo Goo. they like, oh, that nigga crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like, Cap, keep coming. Cap, keep, You know what I'm saying? I'm going crazy in class. You know
1: what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah, man.
0: Oh, man. So so uh, would you say that you knew back then that you wanted to be in entertainment or you just like making people laugh? Well, um,
1: yeah, I knew back then. I remember like uh, crazy, my godfather, um, he was a, uh insurance salesman. But mm-hmm. he sold insurance to big um, concerts and events yep. back in the 80s. And so um, he did Michael Jackson concerts. Mm-hmm. And so he was very, very well off. But he lived in California, and we would come out to California um, every year to visit him. His name was Clarence Joey. I used to call him Uncle Joey or Joey. And um, he set up my trust fund for college. But also, um, we were walking on Venice Beach, like 1990, I think. And um, they was filming uh, "White Man Can't Jump," and I'm like, "That's oh, that's snap. the dude from Cheers," and that's you know what I'm saying. And it was like just to see that as a kid. They stopped everybody, you know, and then cut, and they let everybody walk through. You continue. Yeah. I, have, I was on rollerblades, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, and um, it's just you know it's just it was it was like man, little stuff like that. I remember riding in his Porsche through the mountains and looking at the trees coming out sideways. I'm from Detroit. It's yeah. flat. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know what I'm saying? That they got me a Willy Wonka or some shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and, um, and so, you know, it's just like you – you know, that's why I try to give my kids as many experiences as possible, because there's nothing yeah. to us. But yeah. you look at you they look back and you didn't shape their whole life. I so see you got your kids in Egypt and you yeah. know up, they fuck around like building a pyramid. You like, <laughs> how, how did you know? You know what I'm saying? How did you know JoJo? Jojo just, I'm building a pyramid, I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? It's like I've been ordained. You don't know, you know what I'm saying? You did that. You know what I'm saying?
0: So, you know, um, yeah. Oh man. So in seventh grade, you take the statewide test. Mm-hmm. You get a ninety-eight, and they move you to a gifted school. Yeah, called well, we- Bates Academy. So yep. this is what happened. Okay.
1: Um, by the time I got to fifth grade, I was just I was next level funny. Hmm. Um, I was on the basketball team. I had zero points, two assists the whole season. Uh, the whole season. You know what I'm saying? But they used to love me because my spunk. You know, it's a lot of foul. I used to file the shit out of some niggas. Like, who you want fouled? First of all, t- who do you want foul? Because I tell you what, coach, I, I fucking nigga up out here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was me. Uh, y'all, oh man, I oh, fucking nigga knees up quick. You ain't going to, you ain't going to high school playing ball, nigga. So uh, you know, um, oh, but I wasn't man. on scholarship anymore because I had been joking around and I became kind of like this knucklehead. And um, my mom did an experiment and moved me to private to a public school from fourth grade mm. before fifth grade. And it was like, I became, I was like Fresh Prince in there. Yeah, Like, yeah. it was like, oh, these kids was love me. Because was the fourth grade where I said, damn. Yeah. If, I, if I said that at Keith Butler School, mm. I would still be getting my ass with right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I said that in the, the public school. But, you know, I just, like, those kids was, they was like kids on TV. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wearing uniforms. it wasn't. So I had a taste of that. And it went back to, public, to, to private school. Now I'm cursing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, They're like, who yeah. the hell is this guy? You know what I'm saying? And so my mom was like, all right, we're going to put you in a different school. I went to like this hood school that was in the area. And, um, I mean, it's just, I was just, I was such a bright kid. Yeah. We took that meat test in seventh grade. I got to 98. They told my mom, I had set records in academic games, and, uh, it was a school called Hutchins. Set records, you know, like, uh, we had a super tournament, you know, and this was this game called On Words, and I, like, got the state record to this day. You probably look it up. And, um... You know, I was I was really thriving at that school, but it was easy. Yeah. And then um, they told my mom like he needs to get the fuck out of here because you know what I'm saying <laughs> he, he you know you know somebody gonna kill him he gonna get one of these kids pregnant you know what I'm <laughs> saying like this is a crazy <laughs> school to be in you know yeah, what I'm saying so yeah. um, I ended up going to the school called Bates Academy for one year that was gonna be like a feeder school into getting me into Cas and um, Renaissance for Cat King those like our three schools of choice. In Detroit And so um, I went there for one year Now mind you I am at Bates for one year These kids went from K through 8 together mm-hmm. um, I'm there for one year 8th grade And I get class clown Dang Of their graduating class and so I, it was just like my like my funny was on like it was just, it was growing like like if you knew me and you had class with me it was like I couldn't shut up because I knew it was good yeah yeah I knew yeah. it was I knew the roast was good I knew if I said this Chris can you, can you say one more thing you got to go one more thing you know what I'm saying <laughs> you feel me and it's like so. You know, like I think, like um, I didn't calm down until I became a comedian and realized that here is where I can do this.
0: Yeah, now I
1: can you know, stop getting on my wife' nerves. Now I can, you know, <laughs> here is where I can do this. So I'm, I'm yeah. way cooler now. But um, I'm jumping all over. But it's yeah, all good. got to Bates and became the class clown. Got the cast and it was too much of a class clown. Got kicked out of cast and had to go to Mumford, which is where I found my home. And it's a very smart school, but it was a neighborhood school. But it was they they let me express myself, and it just are really flourished in there.
0: Got it. So you went from there to Michigan State, mm-hmm. right? And you initially majored in veterinary science, then mm-hmm. electrical engineering, mm-hmm. and you landed in digital media arts and technology. Right. So walk walk us through how you went from one to another because those are very different mm-hmm. uh, majors. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, your thought
1: process? I was in veterinary science for about seventeen minutes. Let me tell you this: <laughs> um, we had orientation. I'll never forget. You know, I'm from Detroit. I had a, a purple polo. With the with the horse that was the real horse, like you know how the, the color mm-hmm. of the horse is real. The little man is a jockey, like it ain't like just all monotone color. It was like a special edition, but it's like one hundred and eight dollars and shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From uh, from Hudson's back when before it was Macy's. So uh, and I had some Gucci loafers, some little jeans, mm-hmm. and then we go orientation to take us out to the farm, and the dude talking, he just talking casually. He put on his glove, and then he stick his hand in this cow's ass up to his shoulder, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> And everybody's like, mm-hmm, right? And so then you're just—I'm like, I just want to work on pit bull right. puppies. You know what I'm saying? I want to cut off rottweiler tails and shit. I want to do regular shit I seen. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like in the hood, the veterinarian was a nigga you can look up to. I never. Our vet was named Carl. He still vets my mom and daughter to this day. Wow. He cut all the rottweiler tails. He do the worm medicine. I said, be that nigga. This nigga, what the fuck are you doing with this horse, sir? Or this goddamn cow? So I'm like, all right, cool cool cuz i was going off what i knew and that i, I think that's one of the lessons for kids men, going to college you got to sometimes i didn't know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. i thought i did right my parents uh, you know a lot of my uh, parents and grandparents they were they worked at chrysler right their bosses were the electrical and mechanical engineers so that's that's what they wanted me to be they make about 70 yeah. so i'm like oh shit okay got to make 70 you know yep, what i'm saying so yeah. you know I, I go into engineering but then it's like oh these kids they all they do is work alone it's a lot of math like, I can't keep up with this homework and still be cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> These um, are the choices we must make. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you
0: know
1: what I'm saying? Like, it got to be something that'll let me be me. Yeah. And, you know, and I like video games and I like um, just digital. I, I'm, I'm a tech guy. I like, you know, I used to go to Funko Land. I had to really... Think about it in my head. Like, dog, what do I like to do? Mm-hmm. Like, before I leave this, this I, I'm, I'm, shit, I'm, I'm three years in now. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, what do I want to do? And um, this just, just I'm going to say the communications college because, quote, unquote, that's where the losers had to go, communications. And so I'm like, man, I just, I wasn't cutting it in engineering. I wasn't trying to be a loser. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I got in there, and then there was, now there's, like, all these subsidiaries. Now it's telecom. yeah. And then the telecom is has PBS in it. Our area, and PBS like bought a building at Michigan State, and the students work PBS. I'm in there, they like switching to, you know, Teletubbies and doing this and that. It's like the whole studio, and I'm like, man, that's dope. I like that. I look at it every day. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, you know what? Like, I want to get into that program. It's like 14 kids in the program. When you get into like 400 level, and um, just started thriving. I won some film festivals. Um, you know, we did some coding. Everything that's out now, I, I, when I graduated in 07, we were learning about it coming out. DSLRs, you know, how that was going to take over, all these DSLRs you see, mm-hmm. and how that was going to be, you know, like uh, cinema quality, you know, um, 4K, 8K, you know, things that are coming out, stuff like that, mocaption, which is like the video game mocap. Like, we had all of that stuff back then. We were just playing around with it. Some of my friends went on to work at Tesla and do all of this different stuff. Um, but it, like I said, it's just... I always say it's just the color run. It's just the color run. That's all this shit is. What does that mean? Okay, so let me break it down to you. They have this thing in Michigan. I know they do it everywhere else where that, it's like an event. You pay to get into the event. The event is for like, you know, cerebral palsy or something like that, but it's like a big event, like a run. And every event that you get through, they're spraying you with paint. Mm-hmm. And so you start with a big white outfit. At the end of it, everybody goes to this bar. And, you know, you're looking around. Oh, you got the pink paint. You did the one thing. Mm-hmm. When you get to the bar, the people with the most shit to talk about is the motherfuckers with the most colors on them. Mm. You did the most shit. You over there with just blue, like, yeah, man, it was tough. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It was really tough, man. (laughs) I I fell into that little water, and you know what I'm saying? It's like, so, you know, these these things, you know, they took away chunks of my life. I could have been doing comedy at 18. Mm. They took away chunks of my life, but what I got in return was um, colors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. shit to
0: talk about, what understandings to have. So during that time you were writing, editing, producing, winning competitions, did you think you would be a filmmaker at that time? Was that one of the colors? Um a little bit, man. I tell you who made me feel that way was Eric Thomas. ET?
1: Yeah, Hip Hop e. Preacher. Yeah, Hip Hop Preacher. How he did was, he have an effect on you? He's my first like boss at Michigan State. Me and my roommate CJ, who CJ is like Eric Thomas's right-hand man now. What? Yeah, my You came so, up under that? Me and C J like from the first day of college. Me and C J met when we was like, "Bro, he's like, you funny man. What you want to be?" I said, "I want to be a comedian." He said, "Man, I'm funny. I want to write comedy. I want to, you know." And he's like, "Who your favorite comedian?" I'm like, "Martin." He's like, "Me too." And we just clicked. And then we were together every single day through college. When I pledged Kappa, mm-hmm. um, C J was working with E T. It was like that was the perfect time for us to split yeah. because I was over here pledging. I was a president, and he was working under E T. After our after our cross and all that. He brought me to meet E. T. Yeah. And I and so I'm watching E. T. and I'm like, man, you know, it will be dope, man. Like your message is so strikingly good. Like everything you're saying is just like it's scaring me how much you hitting me. And so I made that video that with bad as you wanna breathe is as bad. I made that where he you know, he was like, Yeah, and um and then E. T. was like, yo, that was they did like a million hits and all that. And so he was like, Dude, we we we're gonna be a team. This is our new team. And so um, I would host events with E.T. on campus where we would talk to kids and we were like you know we I mean like we work together I never forget it like but but at the same time it's like you know I would listen to E.T.'s message but then I'm still president of the Kappas I'm smoking weed in the Kappa house mm-hmm. there's babes running around everywhere babes. you know what I'm saying <laughs> and so that's what the old school noobs Used like, to say Oh I mean, y'all got the I you know babe. I heard babes Yeah <laughs> like, And so <laughs> You know what I'm saying It was just like You know It was like I had to make a decision Once again It's like mm-hmm. man You know I had to go off E.T. told me that like, Man you run around here Being so funny And charismatic And all of that And you're not If you do it To just distract these people Then that's not A good look for you mm-hmm. If you're doing it Just to be funny And get these laughs He's like bro That just It's the difference Between a clown And a comedian and are you a comedian or are yeah. you a clown? And I think Et was trying to make me leave it all alone. Right. But I was like, shit, I'm a comedian. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, give me a choice. <laughs> watch this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, but um, but yeah, man, like you know, like Et, Dd, like you know, this is this is like family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that and that's that's what's dope. I talk to CJ all the time, to Toby, and you know, just watching what they're doing and all, it's just like dope. And they always tell me like they call me on their podcast one time like. Tell them how Et told you get your stuff together. You you know what I'm saying, but yeah, man, like you know, just so at that time doing that. When I saw the effect that that had, I'm like, well, I could do this for myself too. Yeah, yeah. I can make a video for my own stuff. I I, I can make, you know, what I'm saying it's like, you know, and um, yeah, man, it's just it's just it's always been this. It's yeah. always been trending
0: towards this. So tell me about your time at Detroit Diesel. You were working on their website department. <laughs> Oh, and you're trying to, oh, <laughs> oh, that's Marquita Bradley, y'all. Did he not think he was real, Marquita Bradley? Ah, Did he not think you was real?
1: Man, That's MB.
0: That's MB. Marquita Bradley going to get that information.
1: All right, so. You're so you're trying to
0: get your foot in the door at an ad agency. Talk yeah, to us about that whole okay, experience. Okay, okay, so. Nike and the whole thing.
1: So we're at Michigan State, and everybody, I've, I've graduated now. And, um, you know, I, I got a couple summer classes to finish up, but they're done now. And it's like October. I'm in the Capitol House. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go home to Detroit because I don't know what's, you know, I don't want to be stuck. So I'm just staying in college right now. I'm just chilling. And, you know, people looking at me like, oh, I was a president. And now I'm looking like a loser right now. Mm. And so I'm like, man, let me go to this um, job fair just to make myself look like, you know. And so um, Detroit Diesel, man, it was a young lady there. She was just like their recruiter, but she was cool. You know, she was a black young lady, and I was just really just connected with her. Like, hey, man, you know, and I I told her I was a graphic designer, but I was lying. I took some graphic design classes (laughs) because that was a part of my, you know, it was in my curriculum, but I I never dove into that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I remember my, uh, my best friend, Tommy Walker, he was a graphic designer at the time. Uh shout out to Tommy Walker, um Detroit versus everybody. He's the guy who created Detroit versus everybody. Oh you no. Know? Oh everybody stole that design. Yeah, oh yeah. Everybody It was like, yeah, man. Jesus. Ooh, Detroit, right. <laughs> but you know, like uh, but you know, that, that he, he got the Gucci versus everybody. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, went on. But he was always calling him at work. Like, All right, how do I select what is it? Select a new panel? <laughs> and so uh I worked there for two weeks. Um because weeks prior to that, I was in the Capitol House. And um, I was watching TV and there was this commercial came on, it was like CGI, and I had just learned about CGI. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm first of all, I'm like, oh, shit, is happening, yeah, I yeah. feel like Jon Snow, like, oh my god, winter is this is a walker, what? right? This is a walker. <laughs> they, do y'all understand
0: what this is? Winter you know? ain't coming on, winter is here.
1: And I'm like, wait a minute, if if they're doing that, somebody's directing these CGI commercials, somebody is writing these treatments, I'm like, I could do that, I, I, I can do this, mm-hmm. so I called Nike. And they were like, bro, don't ever call here. I was like, you're right. Um, How you decide to just call Nike? Bro, because it's like, that's me, dog. You just got to go for you it. You went for literally the, I, I, one I, of the I, world's I biggest brands. Portland, the campus, called around. It was marketing, or just marketing, or just marketing, or just marketing, yes. What do you want? Y'all need your boy You know what I'm saying <laughs> What's happening <laughs> I rock the show all the time You know what I'm saying I love y'all Uh, Y'all shoes are sweet I like the Air Force 1's <laughs> I like the uh, I, I like the Air Maxes. She was like sir what do you want <laughs> I want to make commercials for y'all She's like we don't make our own commercials We're the marketing Like we hire an agency The agency like we basically monitor the agency Yeah I'm like oh who, who, who's the agency She's like Wyatt and Kennedy I'm like alright cool yeah. Thank you Thank you uh, thank you. You'll you'll be hearing from me soon. <laughs> Paul White and Kennedy. They were like, man, they were, they were kind of funny, like laughing, like, dude, you are how old are you? I'm uh, like twenty-three. Just graduated college, so I asked why I'm just that late, but listen. Listen, I tell you my measure in the middle. That's not the point. Point is, uh, you know what I'm saying? He's like, Listen, um, bro, this is this is the top agency. We're we're the bees knees. Yeah. Um, you don't start here, you end your career here. Mm. I'm like, damn, that's some They gang. dropped their
0: nuts on that.
1: They said, uh, this is what you do. You find an agency that's in your area, and you build it up, and then when you're the guy, we'll know you're the guy. And so I'm like, all right, well, he's like, where you live? I'm like, I'm in Michigan. He came. He's like, oh, man, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, there's uh, BBDO, um, Campbell Ewald, Global Hue, da-da-da. I'm like, cool. So donor, you know, just go find somewhere. So I had like three or four frat brothers. I'm about to drop so many names because people don't understand the connections. Um, so like uh, I have so many frat brothers that were working at this company called Global Hue, right? These frat brothers have gone on to be like um, Rob Chavis, one of the top writers in Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's like got the CBS overall deal. He's writing Blackish. He's you know like he's the guy. Yep. Then then um, detavio Samuels, uh, who was my boss, who is now the CEO of Revolt. Um, he's like a media like conglomerate genius. Dang. Um, and so, like, uh, these are, you know, and there's a couple of other my frat brothers who I knew from the chapter who I said, yo, just give me an interview. Interview took weeks to get. In the meantime, in those weeks, I started working at, D- at Detroit Diesel, sweating my ass off every day because <laughs> I don't deserve to be there, right? Um, what did you?
0: What is Detroit Diesel? What did you do there?
1: Uh, we made Mercedes-Benz engines for mm. uh, Mercedes-Benz um, semis. Got it. And, like, Sprinter vans and all of that kind of stuff and so my oh, manual job, labor manual labor oh my god no bro are you serious no I was I was I was I was graphic designer and then I was the I was the director for the training videos so like if we for the next see let's say like so I was in 07 so we had the 08s coming in uh, I would go into a studio with an engine and then we would say, "This is how we want you to build this engine." So that while they're on Christmas break, we would be doing these. Oh, so that when it. they come back, we have these new videos, and you, every department, go into their thing, watch their part of the training video. It illuminates the engine. And da, da, da. That was what I was there for. Got but it. Th- when I came, it wasn't. It wasn't time to be doing that. It was just time to be doing the graphical stuff, which I had lied and said I could do. <laughs> so I'm making like you know like like company letterhead stuff, and I and mean, <laughs> they're like this look kind of basic. I'm like, no, I can see the line right there. When I did that line. And then I like chop it up. All right, I, I'll make you another one. You know what I'm saying? And so um <laughs> it was it was dudes I went to high school with who was doing the manual labor down in, in the plant. Yeah. And I would see them in like the cafeteria. I had a suit on. And mm. they had to call me sir. Like, how you doing, sir? I'm like, nigga, you know me. What the fuck? Weed in the parking lot. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Are we smoking? You know what I'm saying? What the fuck, nigga, it's me. But it's like, dog, you know, and um I just uh so uh, one day, um, Global Hue called me, was like, man, we got an interview for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went after work, right, Howard, my student, I went after work from Detroit, is I went to Global Hue. I met with a lady named uh, Sybil, who was like, um, she was just she was super smart, Harvard Law type, mm-hmm. but these are like, it was like Obama people, these are like the prestigious black people, you know, for the accounts that they had and everything they did. We had six interviews, I had to go back six times. Wow. Um, but in that time, I will meet with different executives and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, the sweet juxtaposition about me is that, you know, I come from like this whole dope selling, you know, gunslinging family. And so, you know, I, that's what I look like. But like they made sure that I wasn't even in that. So when I talk, it was like, oh, and so I begin to explain to them, like, look, you know, this is a stepping stone. For me. I need an opportunity to be great. You know, um, I have these bills. This is what my expenses are. And it's all I need. It's about like 10 grand a year. Really, that's all I need to make my bills. Where I can make everything else work, I need this opportunity to be who I need to be. She's like, well, we well, we're not gonna pay you that, much. but I mean, you know, like they'll pay me more than that. But she's like, man, it took me around to the bosses, whatever, whatever. One day I got the call. I'm at work, at Detroit Diesel. Got the call. Hey, um, CP, congratulations. We're gonna go and offer you the position, low level position, like mail room. Mm-hmm. I walked traffic. My, traffic. I walked into my so, I walked into my boss's office. Like, hey, how you doing? Listen, bro, I quit. <laughs> And he was like, oh, I understand, man. So you're going to put your two weeks in? <laughs> Putting my 20 minutes in, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Not
0: my 20 minutes? That's <laughs> how long think it's going to take me from getting here to my car. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so I fuck around. ran out the that bitch so fast. I left this dog-ass peacoat that I had. I, th- I think about that peacoat like twice a month. I left that peacoat. I-, I was gone. Oh, my Turned God. Turned in my badge and shit. <laughs> <laughs> get, get this shit off of me. I got a real job. And you know what I'm saying? So I got over to Global Hue and traffic was basically um in like an intern program, right? Um because I didn't I didn't I wasn't a marketing major, mm-hmm. right? And so the intern program is this. I'm basically I work for everybody in the company. Yep. You need something, right? You need to take this print file from this person to this person, I'll do that. But you gotta explain to me what the, what the changes are. And then I have to understand those changes and walk it to graphics or walk it to, you know, design or walk it to marketing, I mean, uh, uh, you know, research. But what happens is a year of doing that, I know everybody's job. And yeah. I become like, you know, depending on who thinks that I'm valuable, I'm up for draft.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like
1: being in the G League. And now it's like a year is up. Any company, any part of the company can hire me. Got it. Now, I wanted to be creative. Mm-hmm. Just go in there and be a copywriter. And... At the time, I, I, you know, people have, if you don't know me, I can come across very hot doggy, um, you know, in my competitive mode because I don't put anybody above me, especially like men and, you know, elders. I got young parents and so... You know, I was the only child. I was with the grown-ups. Yeah. You know, so I was slamming spades on 60-year-old niggas. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, get off the table. You know what I'm saying? I'm nine years old. All right, young blood. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's like, you know, I I, I don't do well with um, trying to be a subordinate to a peer. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I got a better idea, I'm gonna say it at that time. I'm young. You know what I'm saying? They got, well, we're gonna pitch this. Hey, that's whack as fuck. I got this one. And they, like, this guy. So, you know, um, they ended up, you know, uh, that wasn't, the Creative was a small, knit group. And they were together, and I, re- I really had a lot of respect for them. But the Walmart team, because we had the Walmart account. Yeah. And we had the African American business over at the Walmart account, which was huge. We did a lot of crazy commercials over there um that were like dope to see come out on tv but they saw detavio and um tracy jennings like they saw like oh this young nigga is a bulldog Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you know and i you know for me being you know a low level they can take me into the meetings and i could and so they were like come over here we got something for you over here and so um but my i always had my eyes on creative you know which was like I didn't want to hurt their feelings, but it's like I'm not here to be this executive for 20 years. Yeah. I'm here to write a dog ass commercial and skyrocket. Yeah. Like, I need I need I need, I have to get out of here. And so um I, you know, worked there for two two years in that position, and I got a chance to write this Walmart Christmas spot because um, our creative team, bless their heart, they were striking out. Mm. We had just elected the Obama. And the spots weren't hitting the optimism that the black community had at that time. It's like, this ain't the same old Christmas for black folks. Right. This ain't that. Nigga, yeah. we need, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Well, we need some, you know, they got to be HBCU right. here. You know what I'm saying? Right, right And, you know, right. they were still trying to be like, save money, live better, get some paper towels. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, they get the fuck out of here with this book. You know what I'm saying? Respectfully, I love them to death. And so I wrote this spot where... You know, I understand what they wanted. It's like black people felt good that even if you was broke, we felt good. Mm-hmm. And so, like I wrote a spot where this um, this black father was a firefighter. And so you didn't know that you all you see is a single mom wake up with these kids and the kids run to the tree. You think they're about to rip, rip the gifts open, but they don't. They start packing it up mm. and packing up the food and everything, and they get it in the car and they get to the firehouse. Now, not now, not only is dad a firefighter, he's the chief. He the, he the top firefighter. And then they take Christmas to the firehouse. Because some people gotta work. To some people, Christmas is, is a work day. Yeah. And some of those people, we need them to work so that we can enjoy ourselves. Yeah. So it was just a it was just a thing to kind of celebrate them, you know. Um oh eight, we still ain't forget the New York firefighters from nine-eleven. So, you know, it was it was it was a good way to, you know, and they ate it up. And and, and I wrote a song. You know what really? I'm saying? Yeah, I wrote a song, nigga. Yes, I wrote a song. The moments I spend with you, you you mean the world to me. They didn't use it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh but the song helped sell it, but it was like, no, we are gonna license um they licensed Donnie Hathaway. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, if well, you're gonna I'll do be, something. If that's an option. Right, if you're gonna do something, do something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um But after I wrote that spot, you know, um, it was it was it was what I needed. It was like, All right, cool, y'all. I started doing comedy around that time. I was very happy about that and it was like, you know, it was time to step off and, you know, Detavio and um this lady named Danny Twyman, who was like a HR, and they pulled me to the side. Like CP, we love you, and you, you know, you just, but you're coming in tired. You're doing this comedy now. They they came to my show that you like, you really good. Uh, we just lost, you know, it was, it was a recession at that time, and we lost scope of work. We got to let one person go. It don't have to be you. If you say you want to be here, then you know that's what it is. But we see this as an opportunity for you to take this little severance package and go. And we want to see you. They was crying and shit and I'm like let's do it like I'm you know I'm ready like I I did what I came here to do and um so sometimes when I make these TV shows not you know I think about people like that who it's like you know they really they believed in me you know what I'm saying you know and um and they set me loose with a little something in my pocket to help me to to go you mm. know what I'm saying and, you know I mean that unemployment shit that shit kicked in until my daughter was born
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I'm saying? And, you know, but by that time I had this shit Detroit niggas say and everything blew up from that. And so it was just a rap. But yeah, like, you know, it's just you take these chances, man,
0: and they really do make champions. Yeah. So a lot of people don't I mean a lot of people know you from the internet and from stand-up, but uh like we were saying earlier, I met you through pilots. Mm-hmm. Right? You 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 sold a lot of pilots. You don't really yeah. brag about yourself mm-hmm. in this arena much, but quiet is kept. You have sold some shows. Yeah. So in 2014 you sold you started selling pilots. Can you walk us through that process and how you've done that more than once? Like yeah, yeah. what that's like. What's that like for you?
1: Um, so they had to pull me um, kicking and screaming to do anything YouTube because my city was starting to recognize me as a real deal. Comedian that they could get behind And I didn't At the time It's like I didn't grow up Wanting to be on YouTube I wanted to be on TV mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't want No parts of that I did one video Shit Detroit nigga say And everybody was like Oh my god And then I, I kind of Started doing more I made Reggie Bo And all of that um, And so What happened was One day I got a call And this is This is how life works This is how it made me feel Like shit be a simulation Right I got a call from two producers Randomly from Hollywood mm-hmm. That liked my content on YouTube Yeah and this is back when, this is 2011, to 2012. People were kind of making content, but they weren't really, it was just like it was like the metaverse. We didn't know what yeah. to do with that space for real. We kind of yeah. was just getting really into it. We hadn't built out a lot of stuff. Um, and so um, my stuff was good. And so uh, producer Chill Mitchell, who, shout out to Chill Mitchell, he called me and was like, man, I could, he's best friends with Martin. He's like, man, I could, I could get you straight to Martin. and You could be in our clique and you know start touring with us and doing this and that and i'm like okay okay that's dope white dude called me named chip hall was like i can get you um everything you got on the internet bro we can turn that into tv shows and i can show you how to own it mm. and i'm like Fuck, i wish the black dude would have said that <laughs> you know what i'm saying um because you know that's like that's And you know, i got i just had my first kid like I need to own my shit, you know, and I don't need I don't need to be nobody's best friend, I don't need to be in nobody's clique, I don't need to be nobody's little nigga. I need to be making my own money. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? I love that. And so it's like um, you know, white man felt like, you know, he he wanted to See the thing is, I had all the ideas and I had everything and it was like I was just a fresh way to do it and it's like 50% of that was enough for him. Like, "Oh, nigga, you got everything. All I got to do is just take you here and introduce you." And so, you know, and if at that time fifty percent was good enough for me too, mm-hmm. so I'm like, shit, I ain't getting, I got zero <laughs> percent, right, right, you know what right. I'm saying? So, um, crazy. Uh, we so, he came to Detroit and um, I took him around the city, and this is how God works. Big Sean had came back to Detroit for this concert, and he hit me up like, hey man, I want to do a video because the stage setup was a corner store. Like it was like a corner store on stage, mm. and so I want you to do this video where you rob me in the corner store, but then you see it's me, and then we like you start fanning out, and so this is after shit Detroit niggas say it, but Chip is there, so we he was there when I shot it. I took mm. him to set, we shot it, and then we go to the Pistons arena, which was um at the time it was the um the palace, mm. and uh, we, we you know me him my wife we all in a box. I'm ready to watch it with you know twenty thousand kids in there all from Detroit. And, um, you know, we do the video, and in the video, I rip my mask off, and the kids go crazy. And I look at my wife, because I'm like, oh, shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like <laughs> I, 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 I think I might have smoked a big-ass blunt. I was like, ooh, you know how this just <laughs> the weed. Was, I was like, oh, it's weed, and these kids are screaming at me. I look at her, and then I look to Chip to go be like, man, and he's walking out of the suite on the phone with his lawyer. That was December 12, 2012, January 5th, uh, Founders Day for Kappa, 2013. I was in L.A., and we was— Writing down, he was writing down everything I said. What else? What else do you see? What else do you see? What else do you see? And then he was like, All right, now this is something. This is something. I'm going show you how to make this into it. And he taught me. Mm. He taught me. He's like, Bro, this is, you know, um, someone said I had too much. He's like, I don't to scale that back, whatever. And, um, you know, I appreciate him for doing that because he taught me the game. He put me around like some of my best friends in the industry right now, like Trevor Engelson Doug Banker, Trevor Engelson um, um, John Singleton's second-hand, right-hand man, uh, producer for Snowfall. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, Meghan Markle's ex-husband. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, when I say connected, I mean it's like, fuck a passport. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? (laughs) Hop on this jet. But, you know what I'm saying? Um, And, you know, like, so, you know, we all still do business together. You know, me and Chip, we had to separate because, um, you know, once again, I didn't come here to be nobody's little nigga. I didn't come to be nobody's partner either. Um, You know We made a lot of money together And then it was like Alright cool Now You know what I'm saying Like my family they, We need a hundred We don't need fifty no more You know what I'm saying And it's like You start to see like Oh wait a minute Everything we doing Is about Brightmore Or Regibo Or being black Or you know what I'm saying And then it's like I, I can do this I don't need nobody Respectfully You know what I'm saying You get your money you get your residuals But your boy gotta You know what I'm saying Like hmm. my, my wife need that bag baby You know what, <laughs> what
0: I'm saying You feel me <laughs> So take me to 2015. You got a new agent since y'all to audition for a new show that we all come to know as Empire, mm-hmm. right? You book it, mm-hmm. right? Recurring role. You got a couple of episodes, and then you decide you don't want to be seen as a dramatic actor. You want to be com- a comedic actor, and you leave Empire.
1: It was a mistake. See, you know, um, at the time, I'm you know, I, 2015. I just got voted best best comedian in Detroit on the radio. Like the whole city was voted. I was a radio personality. Um, I had my city in the chokehold. I was working with Chip. I'm back and forth from selling shows and all of that. And then here comes this Empire thing. Now, you know me, and I've already explained to y'all how calculated my moves were. Mm-hmm. The first thing I heard is that Lee Daniels is um directing the uh, Richard Pryor story. So I'm like, well, I got to get next to this dude. I didn't yeah. know who the fuck he was. I had no idea who he was. Like, oh, like, he's doing that, and, and, he, and he wants me to play this role. I'm going to do it just so I can get close to them. I remember like the day I got the role, I fucking chipped my tooth. When, and I already got a gap, so, you, so you, you you fuck around and chip a gap, nigga. Grand Canyon, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, nigga, like first episode, I, did, I didn't even open my mouth because I didn't get my shit fixed till the day after. So I'm like, <laughs> "You're funny, Hakeem. <laughs> You're very funny, Hakeem." Um, uh, I'm in Chicago with a chip tube. I ain't got no dentist there. And so, um, just random shit I'm thinking about. But um, but when I got there, I just I I saw that man. I just. It just, I wanted to be at home, and it just was like, this ain't my scene. It's just, this is not my scene for a variety of different reasons. You know what I'm saying? But it just wasn't my scene, and I realized that it's like, man, sometimes, you know, um, nigga, the devil been around for a long time. He know what a blessing look like. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Like, he hit throw you some bullshit, you fall in a hole like acne. You all the way down here. I'm living in Chicago for what? You know what I'm saying? I'm getting like seconds on the screen. You know what I'm saying? But we shooting forever. But, you know, they changing this scene, changing that scene. It's like, man, like this isn't, I don't want to be nobody's little nigga. And I don't want to be nobody's partner or, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not me. And so that's always going to be, I'm always going to put me first. So why
0: do you consider it a mistake? want to take a quick break from the show to tell you about Raycon. Listen, a lot of people didn't make resolutions this year. You know what? I get it. But that doesn't mean you still shouldn't find a way to shake things up whether it's by switching up your workout routine or going somewhere new whatever you challenge yourself with this year there's no better way to do it than with a pair of raycon wireless earbuds in your ear raycon wireless earbuds are the best way to bring audio with you the everyday earbuds look and feel sound better than ever there's also an awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so you can take your raycons with you wherever you go which optimize gel tips for the perfect inner fit these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Listen, I love working out. I be running, I be jumping, I be sweating, and it really throws my entire rhythm off when my headphones fall out of my ears. There's certain headphones I won't even wear. And once Raycon introduced me to their everyday earbuds, I realized I didn't have to worry about that anymore. I can run, I can jump, I can flip, I can somersault, bear crawl, Running up and down a hill, they don't fall out, and they sound great. Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life, and they're priced just right. You get quality audio at, at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons' everyday earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. Right now, coming to the stage, listeners can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash stage, that's buyraycon.com slash stage to save 50% off on Raycons, com slash stage. Save you some money, get you some quality audio, trust your boy. And now back to the show.
1: Um because it was just it was a distraction for what I really was going on Like I had two shows Oh you were that saying
0: going on Empire was a mistake Yeah I thought you were saying leaving Empire was a mistake Oh no
1: getting on Empire was a huge mistake Oh Yeah I had mad shit going on I didn't need that like, I'm, sitting there, I'm sitting there with these niggas making this little change that they making And they like me I'm about to Like nigga, shut up Like you know, you know what I'm saying You ain't making no money You're an actor And I appreciate that But like, I'm, I got, I'm producing like two projects Show running and writing And I can't tell anybody Because I don't want them treating me different right. On this shit So I'm sitting there like Nigga these motherfuckers These niggas <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'll beat this nigga ass for real. I'm like, bro, let me get the fuck off this show, because it's like, dog, I don't, I don't need it, I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You, <laughs> you are not trying to be nobody. If we, if, if we learn nothing else from you, you are not. You couldn't have been. You couldn't have had an older brother.
1: Nah, my like, older
0: brother I ain't nobody's little brother. <laughs> this,
1: this is, but you know family. what's crazy? This is how family works. I don't, but because I'm an only child, I've never been nobody's little brother. Ah. And I'm the man of the house. I was 12 years old moving the car from the garage to the to the street for my mama. I was warming the car up. Like, nigga, I was the man in the house. So she get a boyfriend. I'm like, nigga, what the fuck you do? What, the, what are you doing, Melvin? What you going to make some naked eggs, nigga? You know what I'm saying? It's me and my mama's shit. It's me and my mama's shit. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Motherfucker, don't come
0: here with that bullshit.
2: Straight <laughs> up. Twelve year old CP
0: <laughs> backing out the driveway, one hand with the cigarette hanging hey, man. and the music up. My mama needed <laughs> me to be the man. Get a man. Nigga, Melvin trying to pull up. Watch out! Yeah, yeah. Man, you are twelve. For real. We're not needed... eighth grade level at
1: seven. She needed me to be that man. <laughs> you feel me? You had Uh-oh. the kids you need, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like my mama, I was exactly what she needed me to be.
0: Okay, so actually this is what i liked about cp when i met him everybody else that i met at that this first year when i used to be in his office they was like oh here might, this might be my thing this, cp had come with shows already made and sold you were the only person i met that had a slate mm-hmm. people came with one idea that was usually half cock and i'm not even like judging them cuz mm-hmm. i didn't know i got lucky into that job too i was acting like i knew what i was doing but you had oh i got this I got Reggie Bo. I got Brightmore. I was like, he have three, yeah. four show. I, I can't cap.
1: I see. I can't cap. One thing I learned about how to how to how to white executives in this town move is that nigga, these shows is like real estate. Mm. These is all investment properties, rental properties. I might live in one, I might not. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, I like, the I, way, I, I like that. I'm gonna build it up. I'm gonna frame it. And if it's sell, it's sell. If it don't, I got the bread. I, I didn't put my investment. I got my shit out, and we gone. We not married to nothing. If I love it that much, when I get on and be the nigga that I'm
0: supposed to be, i come back and make it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's literally like, how I think about the world. Yeah. I just have never had the exact words for it. Yeah. But this is what I'd be like. People would be like, pitch this. And I'd be like, nah, then somebody could tell me what to do. Exactly. And I don't want you to be able to change exactly. one line yep. or one decision. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pay for it myself. I didn't mm-hmm. realize we were that alike yeah. in that if way. If you love it, don't pitch it. Keep it. But, you know, if you're
1: pitching it because you got to make money, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, people don't understand. Like, um... By the time you get the breakdown for the show that you got auditioned mm-hmm. for, somebody didn't got paid 20 times.
2: Right? I got
1: paid to sell it. I got paid to write it. I got paid to rewrite it. I got paid to rewrite it, I to rewrite it again. I got paid to make changes. I, I'm 90 grand in and your ass is reading the damn shit like, uh, so it's <laughs> like, fam, like, yeah, you know, you don't even understand what's going on. I
0: got an audition in my email right now. Yeah. I have I have just felt, and I ain't go, I'll tell y'all who after this. Yeah. Uh and I was just looking at it, and I I promise you, I was just like, Cause in the in the thing, the first thing was like you got to be available from April to August. I was like, nigga, yeah. You know how many things yeah. I got to do from April yeah. to August? And yeah. then it was like, and you also got to be available for seven seasons. And I was like, I don't want to be with this nigga. And this yeah. is a big, yeah. I mean, it's a white dude and a nigga, but I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to tie my life to this man for the next the, these next seven yeah. years. Yeah. After all the stuff we did,
1: yeah. But see, that's see that. But see, the game is like. You don't know what's gonna be the one though, and that's like, you know, like when I did Love Life, I had never heard of Love Life really before that. That's what we're gonna talk about
0: too. You, you going ahead on my car? My bad, go I'm ahead. sorry. No, But it was like,
1: but it was like, when I got there, I saw like, oh, this is this is like, this is written crazy well, and this is written like in a way that is just is, is very smart. And then it's like, you know, as we're doing it, I'm like, yo, this is this might be something big. And then it comes out, and it's like. You know, they ranked me number one funniest person in the Love Life universe. Dog. That's crazy. I ain't going to hold
0: you, CP. I didn't know what Love Life was until you said, I'm on a show called Love Life. And then I remember Teddy was like, he's on season two. Mm -hmm. Because it took me five episodes to realize, oh, this nigga, CP, this Teddy talking.
1: Yeah, that's how I was when I watched this precious bootleg one time. Because it said Notorious on it. And I'm like, where the
0: fuck is Big? Why is he? When When does he meet Puff? You
1: know what I'm saying? Like, what the? Anyway, go ahead. It was already grainy. I'm like, dog, what the fuck is going on? This nigga, did he- <laughs> So, did he say this nigga from stealing tickets? And then maybe that's what he did.
0: His mama was mean as fuck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand what's going on. But anyway, I want you to tell the story. But I had not heard of the show until you put it that mm-hmm. you, that you, actually, I think you put that you booked it. Yeah. And then when it came. I booked out- it the day I did, um, uh, Keep Your Distance. That's the show? Yeah, that was the show. Oh, that's what I call. Remember, you. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go to New York. Remember yeah, like, yeah. I booked, booked click- it that
1: day. Yeah, yeah. I was so messed up. And
0: you, you—that was Africa. That's what you talked about, Africa, right? Nah. Uh,
1: no, yeah, no. That was Africa. Was 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 the first one. Oh, okay. Remember, okay. like my aunt passed away that day. I got the role that day and then we did the show that day. I was all over the place.
0: Man, like, that's a lot of emotions too. It, it
1: was a lot of emotions, man. It was it was crazy. But so tell um, us
0: about Yogi. Yogi's a par- character you played on mm-hmm. Played on, on Love Life, Life, man. And you were in that show for real. Funniest part of the show, best part of the show. It was actually a good show. It's a great show overall, man. but you were like Part of a huge part of the reason why the show was so well, good. I'm
1: gonna tell you why. First of all, you got to say one more
0: thing. Oh, go I'm gonna let you talk. Oh yeah, you represented me because you was like, I'm married. I'm staying at home. I got the kids. I was like, finally. Yeah. Some people are just like, this is as good as it yeah. gets for me. Yeah. I'm not going out to no bars. I want to be. I home don't. With my I don't want the threesomes.
1: Kid. I don't want all the crazy oh, stuff. No. I can barely finish with. Yeah. Oh a man, what threesome? What you mean disappointment? <laughs> a, a double disappointment? You know what I'm saying? Oh no. But look, <laughs> what I think it was, you know, like um. First of all, these actors and actresses that I was around was just so crazy, right? I went around William Jackson Harper, you know, Jessica Williams, Arian Mohead. Then you got Janet Hubert. You know, you got um, uh, 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 Kimberly Elise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, what's my man's name? Uh, Blair Underwood. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was like, it taught me a lot about how to act on set, first of all. It was, it was something that I need. It was a good experience that i needed to know going forward because i feel like i'm gonna be doing it a lot more now oh yeah and it's like all right this it taught me a lot but also it's like their stories were so important to tell but they were very intense and it was a lot of things that you know will had to do as marcus that made you upset but the reason why he did it was because it drove the story forward about what it means to grow up and so i think that my character represented the most evolved complete person on the show, I wasn't seeing good. I wasn't trying to, you know, I, I you know, I was, I liked my job. I, you know, and so it was like, you know, to even play that role as a black man is so important. But number two, that show that we're black because we're black, and it acknowledges it in a way that doesn't throw it in your face. We want to have stories too that begin with us being successful and end with us being in love. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you look at it like that. That's what made me be like, oh, my God, this is about to be huge. Because, like, when people realize what this is mm-hmm. and who made it, this is a Paul Feig. This is, like, Bridesmaids, The Office. Like, this is Paul Feig, you know, yeah. so he's going gonna to be shot the best. They're going to use, you know, they were like, CP, the first day they said, what do you want to be? I said, man, I would like to be considered the black Will Ferrell. I want to be able to go and rip in any scene. Mm-hmm. And so I swear to God, like, two episodes in, uh, Sam – Sam Boyd, which was the creator, he directed some episodes. But he's also he just created the show and the whole universe. He's like, yeah, don't CP doesn't need to rehearse because what happened was I would say so I would say something in rehearsal that'd be hilarious, and then you know I don't give a fuck. I go eat lunch, yeah. come back like, All right, wait, what did remember that one thing you said? Like, no, I don't, I don't. <laughs> you know i like, I don't, I, I don't remember what it was because yeah. cause, you know I just I just talk, and so they would just like save it, and so I mean it was just like man to watch them respond to me gave me the confidence to be. Doing what I need to do. It's just a perfect setup, man. But like I said, the theme, not only for me not being want to be nobody's little nigga, but the setups are perfect. I go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I don't mind struggling. I don't mind working hard. I don't mind being out of the limelight for my end result. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like people want to look cool the whole way. It don't work like that.
0: Yeah. That's true. I remember I hit you when I watched like two episodes mm-hmm. and I was like, there's no way. You wrote they, they wrote no that they wrote, there's no way they wrote that line. That I think it was the belt, the, the belt thing you said, yeah, the Ben and, Jerry the ben and Jerry's yeah. belt. And I was like, that only CP could come uh, right. up with something like that. So, did you have to, when they said don't rehearse, was that them being like, we are wasting this from you and they right. just let you rock for the rest so of like, it?
1: So, like, so, like, I'm gonna tell people something too because there's something that you may not see. You know, people work hard to write these episodes. And sometimes the smallest word in a joke means something, something later on that, you know, you don't even understand. You don't want to say it, but they need you to say that. Like, I say the lines that are written with the same vigor and the same hilarity that I would say my freestyles with, because that's important. I need those writers to understand that I value what you do, because I'll tell you, like, you get that reputation. Like, man, that ain't how I wrote it. I'll say it. I'll give it to you how you wrote it. But then they say, CP, have some fun with them. Yeah, bet yeah. right, Let's go him. And, yeah. and then when we go ham, they end up using that. But never would I ever disrespect the process of them writing it by just not learning the shit. Yeah, and I think that when they find out, because they um the audition had a lot of monologues mm-hmm. and huge monologues, and um like it was me telling him about going home to his wife and stop doing this, and then there's another one about you know um it's not all about you, Marcus. It was a lot of monologues in the audition. And <clears throat> Sam said nobody knew the words.
0: Yeah. So see, like,
1: CP, you knew every single word, and it was like, it's just like, you know, but like, yeah, like, we're comedians, so our memories are is always quick. I'm always, right. I'm, pra- I'm going into my database every night, so I'm, it's easy for me to memorize stuff. There's the small things, man, like, success is about being in the right place at the right time the right way. What you mean by the right way? The right way I was I was prepared Like you know what I'm saying Like you know People be like Oh I don't look a certain way like, Yeah that's a part of it But if you're not prepared Like if, if if you're not really studying You know you got lines to study And you know if you did it or not And what you don't understand Is that we gonna know too When you mm. come hitting them jokes And, and you, you you know like You hitting the line With the wrong inflection Which that burns me up Like like when T-Boz did it in belly Like yeah like we broke I mean what the fuck It's like <laughs> Like, T-Boss, do, do, do you understand? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I get it. You know, y'all know probably had a concert last night. Listen. You know what I'm saying? I don't know no Tiana. Like, <laughs> D- DMS was killing this shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know no Tiana. Here she comes. You had that we broke. I mean, what the fuck? It's like, oh, here we go. We ain't winning shit now. <laughs> we are not nominated for anything. Thank- <laughs> Thanks, T. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and cup. Thank you, Mrs. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, Mrs. Boss. Thank you for your contribution.
0: Oh my gosh! So, so talk to me about. I mean, you had a lot, man. Love Life obviously is the most recent thing, mm-hmm. but you had HBO Def Comedy Jam. You had Detroiters. You was on. You had your own show. You, uh, show, you hosted World Star, which everybody was watching at the time. Like, which one of those was the most important to you, or are they all part of your story? World Star was the most important because I had to turn it down initially
1: and q called me back and said man i think you're a star and i think that um you don't even see it yet and so they they end up paying me double because i turned it down don't be afraid to turn shit down if they want you they gonna want you think about how you know that ever stop you from uh you know trying to get that coochie you yeah. know what i'm saying Mm-mm. look at steve urkel he got that ass <laughs> anyway um but he did though i was like you goddamn right who wrote this if i'm the star i'm making a million out of episode. I need to fuck Laura before the show ends. Oh, my God. What are we doing? <laughs> I will not come tomorrow. Did I do that? I didn't do that because y'all didn't make me do anyway. Anyway, um, but, no, I think um, <laughs> I just, man, uh, I forgot the question.
0: What was that? It was, World was, Star. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: World Star, right. They, uh, you know, they, they paid me double, and I moved my family to L.A. That's how I got started. Really? Yeah, I was living on somebody's couch when I got there.
0: Oh, snap. And I remember that. That was inspiring to me Because I was like Oh my This man was just Up in this mm-hmm. office And and at this time That that sh- Everybody was watching That show And you got all the Rappers You got to keep the clothes mm-hmm. I was like Dang this is like You could be here one day Yeah And then There the next day You know and what I'm saying But you can also
1: be back home The next day You know it's crazy I was supposed to make Like four million dollars A year doing that because we were gonna we were gonna that was gonna we did a ten episode run, but that was gonna be coming on every day after a while because World Star was an everyday brand. Yeah, yeah. So they were gonna be like, yo, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna either shoot a bunch of them every weekend to stretch you for the week, or we're gonna need you to do different stuff. Might not always be a rapper interview. We were getting ready to change everything. It was mm-hmm. ready for gearing up for season two, which which would be just like some Kurt Loader type shit. Yeah. And then um right before the first episode airs, Q passes away. Man. Whoop. And I'm like, that's my life. I just I just I'm living out here in this expensive-ass
0: place and you know what yeah. I'm thinking I got money coming got to work now. So what was that like to like have that I mean you had a dream in hand and then you know you had it snatched away like how did you how did you like maintain your focus cuz you it from the outside looking in it didn't seem like it slowed you down in any way cuz well, you booked so many more things after yeah, that. But so like at the time
1: of- I had this I had this show on MTV Called History of Rap Me and Chip did And it was very Very controversial They got They picked us up For like 17 episodes And then Or 10 episodes But we got 17 Out of 17 executives To vote yes on it Which has never happened before Mm. To Greenlight And then But it was like About rappers And telling real stories Using puppets And all of that And it was very controversial And some rappers I can't say their names But they Got with some executives And they put the kibosh on it But when you get Canceled like that They gotta pay you For the whole season So then it's like Bam now I got money again i can live and relax you can get peanut butter and jelly um you know what i'm saying but um you know it's just like uh just keep moving you know what i'm saying like I, w- I would be devastated and i look at chip and chips like mm, fuck it and i'm like damn you're right you right, yeah. like you know i can't you know what's gonna stick is what's gonna stick but my life has a way of reminding me all the time that it's like bro this ain't chores mm. it's not chores bro you got to be yours, man. Like, the same yours. You have fun over there. It was cool, but it's not yours. You got a mission. You told us when you was praying that you wanted it to be like this. <laughs> yeah. So stop thinking that you're done every time you get it like that,
0: because that ain't that ain't what you said. This man doesn't speak to me. My soul in this moment, Marquita Bradley, I thought we was going to run by him. He done taught You're E.T.ing me.
1: Hey, I'm sorry. Why I'm are you E.T.ing me right I'm now? Because I was
0: really, like, going back and forth. I'm this sorry. man, like, are you in my mind?
1: It's not true. I mean, look at this, Kev. I know. That's all death. All death wasn't yours. No. That stuff, everything we did, it wasn't yours. This is yours. And the respect came. Right. The respect came. It's like, bro, like, people say your name with a different swag. You was kept on stage before you was even on stage, damn near. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm like, why is he kept on stage? I ain't never seen him on the copy. now it's like, oh, he got his own shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, now your name is Kev on my stage. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's, it's, it's it's yours. Mm. You know what I'm saying, and 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 when you are resilient enough to understand that, you know it's gonna be bullshit. It's gonna be people talking shit. It's gonna be that if you're not resilient enough to understand that and keep going, that you're not gonna see it when it's yours. It's yours, bro. You know I got what I'm chills. I'm sorry. Man. Literal.
0: Don't be. Don't apologize. The Lord using you. I'm sorry. He lose, He losing you. I thought I was going to learn about you. I learned about me and myself. I'm about to smoke with you. we about to burn one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, man, hey. I would pay a $1,000 to smoke with me. I swear to God I would. I would cash out you right now, 1,000 USDs to smoke
0: with me. All right, before we go, two more things. Sativa,
1: all head high. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a lot of head, man. Remember the tying all bullets? Huh? Everybody's uh, a funny guy. Uh, <laughs> talk to us about, you know, what what if, if you had complete control over your next five years of your life, mm-hmm. what would that look like? Because you, I mean, you're on a roll mm-hmm. right now. That show is big, uh, but you also have your own stuff. Like, and your stand-up is amazing. We didn't really talk as much about your stand-up as I thought, but you are one of the greatest stand-up comedians of our class. And you Thank know what? You. I don't mind saying that. No. I, I'm a I, fan of stand-up comedy. I don't have to be the best to enjoy people who are good. I be watching you, I be like, "Who this man knows how
1: to do it. But see, but you know what's crazy though? It's like, man, you know, it's the reason why Kobe wanted Derek Fisher around. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, like, you know, without you, a lot of people don't know me. Without to hear, you know what I'm saying? Without certain moves and things that people have chosen to include me on, it like, all of it is a piece. Yeah. Like, Kev, you are a Lego that's on the green piece. Do you understand that? Oh my God. Do you understand? What I know that exactly means? what you mean. I used to work in childcare. Yeah. So like for people out there who don't understand that, in the business, you know, um, the green piece represents the money, right? Now, when you build Legos, only one piece of this row is on the green piece. Every other Lego is on that Lego's back and it has to be. It has to be to build the building. It has to be. Mm. Right? Like, you know, my job is to be a Lego on the green piece. For my team, and when I see you doing that, it lets me know it's like you inspire me. I'm like, man, I can feed my team. I can get my niggas a chance. It's gonna be hard because I'm trying to get my own chance, right. but it's like I, I I can do that. Yeah. And so you know, like there's a responsibility being the Lego on the Greenpeace, right? Like Kevin Hart is a Lego on the Greenpeace. Yeah. The plastic cup boys are on his back, but they on the board though. Yeah. They not in
0: the bag at the store or on the shelf. They on the board. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, My wife told me one day, she was like, because I was complaining, I was like, hey, I, I got to do all this stuff. And she was like, you can be The Rock, you can be Kevin Hart, you can be Issa, but them three always going to do more work than anybody else on their team. They always going to stay a little bit later, do one more thing, mm-hmm. stay a little bit longer, but everybody benefits. But you, it's, she was basically like, it's never going to get easier. Yeah. You always will do more as those people. Now, you cannot be those people. Or you can be those people, but you can't be those people and expect it to be less because mm-hmm. it's always going to be more. And ever since that moment, I was just like, dang, you really – you do got to – you man, really got to figure it out. Melissa got the game, oh, man. Oh, that's why, that's why I connect with Yogi so much because, yeah. like, I, I can honestly say my life is better as a result of being partnered with her. She is the, the green piece. She the foundation – I'm on her yeah. back, mm-hmm. so to speak, because it's like without that – especially here, like in Tacoma, it was different, but here – You need a grounding element for me. Like Mm you, I think most people fail because of distractions. And this city, probably the, I remember Nate Jackson said this when I first got here. He said, this city will give you whatever your vice is. If it's drugs, you'll get drugs. Women, cars, money, whatever it is. But if you can go through the distractions and focus, it'll give you everything else. And I was like, most people, and that's why I'm glad I'm married and I ain't worried about none of them young women twerking and the like. Mm -hmm. I got my family, got to pick my son up from school. In 25 minutes, <laughs> but that's that's what keeps me focused. And I can go home. I'm at home anyway. I'm going to write this script because at seven o'clock I got to take him to soccer. Yep. I ain't got time to be chasing no hoes around. Mm-hmm. My son got soccer practice. So I got to pick up. I got to drop something off at FedEx. Yeah. I'm too busy being in love to be yeah. messing around with these hoes. No,
1: I told my wife too. Like you know, her she allows me to be me. Yeah, and I think that you know what's crazy is that like you don't realize how much people require of you when you're in the wrong situation, Mm -hmm. you're in the right situation, man, they can allow you to just be you and they appreciate you for you and her doing that. You know, everybody be like, I know he had you rolling all the time. She'd be like, I mean, he's, he's very serious. You you think he's not, you know what I'm saying? You know, she, she just, she knows me and it allows me to just be, and I tell anybody like, man, like having a family is going to put a focus on you that I don't think you really understand you need until you get it. Yeah. And you know, you're holding that kid and you like wow, like, you know what I'm saying? Like everything, like I, I sometimes I, I walk around my house and I'm like, man, this is all jokes. Hmm. This couch, this jokes, this dog is jokes, this TV is the projectors, this shit. This is jokes. Yep. My kids on an Oculus. That, that's a joke Oculus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, we eating at this table, this is a joke table. We eating at this, you know, like this, these are jokes. Like I did this with jokes. You know what I'm saying,
0: and that's like, man, like you know, yeah, man. I have had the same thought. That dog that we got is—I yeah. I told a joke in in Birmingham. Yeah, now you're alive. Yeah, and you—that that food in that refrigerator—that <laughs> was a uh, Tulsa. Did a weekend there. Paid for the chicken, beef, and the pork recipe.
1: That chicken was walking <laughs> around one day, and I'm on stage. He's asking Kentucky Fried for me. And He don't even know it. That's that's how good my God is. That chicken was walking. around, He didn't
0: even know it. <laughs> Dip it, Dip it in that oil. Dip it in that oil. Dip it in that oil. All right. Before we're going to go, Kev's top 10, we ask every guest these 10 questions. To answer these two questions, 10 questions, all we ask is that you give 100% honesty, all right? Mm-hmm. Number one, who's your favorite person? Uh, man.
1: Every, everybody coming in, too. I got two kids, two parents. You know what I'm saying? My, you know, um, probably my wife. My wife, she she gave me some dope children and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? She put up with me. And then my mom and then my dad. No, no, man, just one. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> what was one of your happiest moments? Um, you know, of course, like, seeing my kids get born and all of that. But I think, man... I was I was emotional. I was happy when I picked up my Tesla. Really, I was like, ah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I was emotionally elated when I had my children and when I got married and when I graduated and all of that. But mm. when I got my dream car, that I sat in, my friend Danny Brown, he's a rapper from Detroit. I sat in his car. and He had just got a Tesla, and we had just wrapped up Detroiters season two. It was me, him, Sam Richardson, and they're all rich. They can get one whenever they fucking feel like right, it. Right. And I'm sitting in my back. I'm sitting in the back seat, and I'm just like. And they're like, what you remember? We were smoking. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to work real hard and get one of these. And they were like, oh, yeah, but sure you will. CP people, we don't I'm like, no, I don't understand. Like, it starts today. I'm going to work real hard and get one of these. And so when I got it, I remember I turned it on, keep your distance, in, mm-hmm. in the car because they got this big-ass screen. And I just sat back, and, and it was just like.
0: That's dope. I named it the, the Tesseract. <laughs> 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 All right, what was one of your saddest moments? Um, man
1: Losing my grandfather, man And he, and I couldn't be there He was he died from COVID And I was in California And you know, when you move out of state You always brace for that call That mm-hmm. your grandparents is, you know, gonna go down And I was always ready at no matter what I would fly there and did it die But there was this COVID It just didn't happen like that and I couldn't And I just never felt so helpless Like, damn, like You know, it happened to my family You know what I'm saying? Like, what you yeah. see on TV and all of that and what happened to your family, it's like, ugh, it's just, it's such a, it's like a sick feeling. Like, oh my God, I want to just like deep fry my head. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
0: That's You just feel devastated. Yeah. Sugar or butter? I'm sorry, sugar and butter or salt and pepper in your grits? Where are we going? <laughs> salt and pepper, Kev. Oh my God. How many have we had? One has
1: been. You know, it's corn. So would you I just know it's corn. would you just get a
0: a big ass ear of corn? But like sugar butter, sugar butter, <laughs> sugar butter, sugar butter, sugar corn butter, sugar syrup, butter. syrup and sugar though. High fructose fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yes, yeah, so y'all putting sugar on sugar, huh?
0: <laughs> Sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie?
1: Sweet potato pie, Kevin. There what really are we cool. doing right now?
0: Anita Baker or Patty LaBelle?
1: Ooh, they both from the D.
0: Mm-hmm. Nita Baker got her deal from drug money. Mm. I learned that. Really, she really did. Freeway, Ricky Ross. It's a true story. Yeah, I do like got that mad part of me it. because I didn't know that. I hadn't read his book. Yeah, give me a, uh, give me uh, a Nita, Nita Baker. Baker. Nita okay, Baker. she lives in California now. Shout out to favorite Rick. black saying. Mm. You know what I like?
1: All right nah. because it's, it means like a million, million different does. things. All right now. All right now.
0: The inflections are key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what excites you? Um
1: Man, you know, I'm at this phase right now where making money is really exciting. I know that I'm gonna get over that mm. and it's gonna be a thing that is going on. But I think that, you know, just where I where I where I where I came from and what I'm seeing it do. Like watching my life upgrade, like man, this and this and this, mm-hmm. and my mom get this, and my dad, get, and it's like that's exciting right now. And the more I get, the more I can do. Okay, what bores you? Um, writing. Everybody loves me to do it, and I'm I'm really good at it. But my attention span, I just be like, oh my god, dog. <laughs> I gotta get these pages out and they want me to blah, 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 blah. Ooh a spider is over there. You know what I'm saying? It's like fuck I can't do it. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, owe, I owe so many scripts and pages and you know what I'm saying. Everybody get your writers assistant, man. Ooh, a spider. Pay that, pay that, pay that one fifty a day
0: so you can just walk around and talk. They be like All right, final question. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Um, I want to be one of the funniest ever. I think that, um, unfortunately, man, I'm one of the comedians that that's where I'm setting out. That's my goal. You know, it's not enough to be one of them. It's not enough to be a part of it. It's not enough to be respected. We love you. Fuck all that. I want to be the best, man. It's like, I hate that because I... You know, you see people like Tony Baker, who was like the best damn there. And he'd right. be like, I don't care about that, man. I don't care. And he'd be like, nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know. Um, There's certain people who are wired. Yeah, they're wired they just, different. Uh, okay, top yeah, five yeah. is failure. Yeah, and I just, I want it. I really do want it. But I I want it because I, I think I could represent, um, you know, like I, I think I would I w- I represent us
0: well on that main stage. Listen, you got my vote, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chris CP Powell Where do they, where can they follow you, CP? Everything at Comedian CP. I make it easy. I don't
1: have a TikTok because it's African niggas stole. It. I tell y'all that all the time. He tried to sell it back to me. Like, I do not negotiate with terrorists, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I don't have a TikTok, but everything Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Um, Snapchat, everything is just comedian CP man. I just you know,
0: I'm just trying to be around. That's all. Fantastic. This has been coming to the stage. This podcast is available on all platforms, but you can watch it early and ad free on the Kevin Stage Studios streaming service. Uh, you can watch it even earlier than that on the Kevin Stage. Patreon account and they're watching this live uh, because they support me and the vision. And part of the reason this whole thing is here is because of them. So I support you and I appreciate viewers like you. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Peace.